0: the only right answer was yes sir even when you were convinced that your product wasn't all that bad at all no listening no chance for any different ideas Uh, and basically they only created silences in silos and There was no individual exposure whatsoever from the more positive experience and probably of that same era it was about the realization that you are so much stronger in a team where individual players interact positively on actions of their teammates
1: welcome to another episode of our ci for life podcast i am rick highland with rlg international This is a podcast for those individuals passionate about personal and professional continuous improvement. Our purpose on these podcasts is to provide current and future C-suite leaders with the mindset, skill set, and tool set to become leaders of continuous performance improvement. Today's special guest is Chawling Terpstra, a capital project professional from the Shell Oil Company. Chawling, welcome to our podcast. Hey, thank you, Rick. Uh, I'm honored and
0: excited to take part in this podcast and share my Project Insight with colleagues and professionals out there.
1: Thank you for having me. Yeah, I'm so pleased and uh, grateful to have you on today. And let me go through some of your bio, and then you can help me and add anything that you may be uh, interesting to the listeners. Uh, Charling graduated with a Bachelor of Science in Mechanical Engineering from the Inholland University in the Netherlands. He served as a Dutch Army in the Dutch Army as artillery captain. He has 40 years experience in the oil and gas industry. He's managed uh, chemical refining and gas projects through development and execution phases in Europe, Africa, the Middle East, and the USA. He was 10 years with Dow Chemicals, now 25 years with Shell managing mega projects, and currently uh, manages international projects in the several billion dollar range. He specializes in complex petrochemical, oil, and gas projects, achieving excellence in safety records and delivering on time and on budget. Charlie, anything else you'd like to add to your background and bio? Well,
0: maybe, maybe this. My father was a was a milkman, uh, and, and my mother ran a small grocery shop in in Friesland, the the rural northern part of the Netherlands, where I was born. Okay. And I must say thanks to my hardworking parents. I, I yes. was the first in the extended fam- family fortunate to to graduate from uh, from university and 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 going to university I did mechanical engineering where I always enjoyed the hot energy side better than the cold steel of the this faculty uh, and that drove me to the energy and petrochemical side of the industry working with people in teams makes me love working in in project organizations and I'm, I'm fascinated by team dynamics and find it a challenge to make team production more effective than the sum of the individual contributors.
1: Yeah, and I know that from uh, seeing you in action uh, in some of your projects, and we're going to get to the team and the collaboration part here in a minute. But before we jump into capital projects and your view of the state of the industry, Charlene, what what are some of the, on the personal leadership side and personal continuous improvement side, what foundational experiences have you had, either positive or negative? that helped define your leadership style? Well, I I think a a painful one comes to
0: mind first. Uh, And I remember back in the early days of my career, and and I'm talking in the 1980s, project managers could be individuals with a very strong personality, even to an extent that these days you would call them bullies. Mm -hmm. Um, if, if, If they told you to run, you ran. If they told you your work was crap, the only right answer was yes, sir even when you were convinced that your product wasn't all that bad at all. You ducked and dived and when they were around, and no listening, no chance for any different ideas. Uh, and basically, they only created uh, silences in silos, and there was no individual exposure whatsoever. Uh, from the more positive experience, and probably of that same era, um, uh, it was about the realization that you are so much stronger in a team where individual players interact positively on actions of their teammates. Uh, the power of my three student pals in by, by, by adding one single contribution on to the other until we collectively found the optimum answer in, uh, in, in, in uh, seriously complicated engineering issues is still an experience, that I still treasure. I always found it fascinating how the four of us uh, were collaborating and getting to the right answers. And if, I mean, we all have watched sports teams that do so much better than expected, simply because not just the team, but also the club, the franchise or the organizations and the fans are all in sync and collaborate um, to achieve their goals. The leadership needs to have an eye and ear for the empowered and diverse individuals at all levels internally and externally of the organizations as to deploy the most effective way forward to achieve uh, the common goals so synchronized venture was making optimum use of all competencies, competencies that are at your disposal and perform the best you can
1: well thank you for sharing that example and uh, i'm so glad we've progressed since those days and and uh, i know you believe in the, those teamwork and collaboration principles You know so let's jump into the state of capital projects and uh, as you know chaling i was recently at a singapore conference Uh, it's a worldwide lng or sorry uh, a shanghai conference at a worldwide lng uh, event and the chairman of one of the largest epcs stood up in one of his speeches a memorable quote and he said only two of the 40 lng projects so far have been done on time and on budget and most of those have been significantly over budget and over schedule and another McKinsey study confirms the same thing and and I read from the quote on average projects with budgets over 1 billion commonly referred to as mega projects in the industry are delivered one year behind schedule and run at least 30% over budget and they go on to comment if this trend continues in the U.S. alone, five trillion in value will be destroyed in the projects currently announced around the world. So, um, uh, not a, uh, a compelling argument yet on the success of some of these very, very large mega projects. And so, Chawing, let's start there. What are your insights as far as uh, why we're not achieving the promised results yet? Can you pinpoint two or three reasons on uh, why we're struggling so far? Yeah. Yeah, first, first and
0: foremost, I, I would say that we should not, shouldn't underestimate mega projects. Uh-huh. Uh, above a certain project value, the size drives complexity. That complexity has to do with an increasing number of interfaces of of various types. Things often go wrong on interfaces because they involve various parties who all have their own working rhythm and priorities. Um, so, so my top three reasons why things could go off rail is, is is the complexity of the interfaces the scope gets so large that the work needs to be executed by multiple contractors who often establish consortia among themselves to manage the execution risks that's a complication in itself then there will be there, there are multiple stakeholders financing of mega projects requires multiple organizations with possible deviating elements in their agenda but also Governments and and other authorities in sometimes lesser experienced countries come into play. Yeah. stakeholders all have their demands that need to be carefully managed. And then, I mean, uh, from an organisational experience point of view, uh, a project is is a people's business, and yet there is limited experience of doing mega projects. These these projects typically take well, relatively long, say six to ten years. And and how many will you come across? In your career and 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 how many and what will you be able to do mega project experience is a scare commodity just because there's little number of projects and if you're on one uh, it takes you a a long period and have you ever have the chance to do a similar or even bigger one uh, the next thing so uh, experience gain to gain experience in this field is not
1: easy yeah and Charlie to that point I was at that same conference in Shanghai it uh, they talked about in the LNG mega space anyhow uh, having uh, there's 12 to 15 projects that have just gone to uh, financial investment decision FID um, recently or anticipated this year so there's many more mega projects coming and uh, you know that's the reason why we're talking about this and the other reason is you know, I know you've had success at bringing capital projects on time and on budget. When we first met you in Shell, Louisiana project, you brought in very successfully with collaboration with the contractors and on time, on budget. And, and uh, congrats to you and that entire team, including the contract team for delivering that. And so that's why we're talking today, Chaling, And I'd love your opinion on your top key success factors for bringing projects on time, on budget. So, so, so I, I think
0: what we should never forget—we should never forget the project basics. The project yeah. basics need to be in order. I'll come back in in, in more te- yep. detail on that later. Um, we also need to know where we are working for. We need a clear and simple success statement. What does success mean? That's important. Um, I mean, we we need all resources and all knowledge, and and that that is around. So we really need to empower and have that attitude towards our our. To, to, to the contractors. We need empowered contractors in these mega projects. And then in order to align and to all uh, um, pull the, the horse or, and, and even push the horse in the, cell, in, the, in, in, the same, in the right direction, we need project alliances where we formalize the way we work and, and, and maybe even share in, in the benefits of what we, we're doing uh, uh, all, all along those who are involved. And, and I think it's essential, uh, as my fifth point, is to care for people. Um, um, everybody needs to be aligned, everybody needs to know where he's going, everybody needs to treat it with respect. Care for people and a team charter that will support that. Uh, I found that as great help. And then uh, given the, the, the long durations of these project, I think you can't do without continuous improvement and innovation so much is happening in the time during the time that you do these big projects you can't stand still you can't have um, you, you have to see what is developing and what can you do to to improve uh, your 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 project execution
1: so those are six very strong points key success factors for delivery of these megas so let's break down each one as you mentioned and, and take some time to look at what each one means and some examples so let's go back to number one there Charlie, tell us more about uh, defining the project basics. Yeah, so I've, I've seen so many projects struggling with the basics. And
0: to me, the basics are that you, you really have, you need to have a well-developed scope at the time of the final investment decision. So just before you, you, you go into execution. Do proper front-end loading before you go in full blast execution. Spend your time well up front before you're really going to spend your money. That's the one element. Yep. The, the next one is make sure you design the project and manage the equipment and material delivery through the construction sequence that supports the unit, commissioning, and startup. So have the, have the, the end in mind and make sure that your materials are in time, your resources are in time. Very simple, very basic, and yet um, I've, seen, I've seen it go wrong so many times. So be able to work on the right scope at the right time. And and then I think, um, as as third element, you you need to have the quality tools and resources available when you need them. These days, there are plenty of innovative and automated tools that help you do the work. However, as sophisticated as they might be, you need a piece of equipment that builds pipes, pools, and onto, and and you need fitters and welders to actually do that. So there is still that basic sequence of events that needs to be in order. And that's one of the basics you have to get right before, uh, before you even think of, of doing uh, something
1: special. Well, so many great points in there on project basics. I, I would just underline your first point there, Charlie, around uh, defining the scope properly, doing the front-end loading properly, the front-end engineering and design. We've seen so many projects because of the chase to market. They're trying to get first product to market really blow and not do that front end loading well, and it costs them for total project value, uh, big time in schedule and cost at the end. And I really liked your last point there too, around uh, the project, uh, the right quality tools and resources. So, telling what can a project leader do to make sure that the right tools and resources are in place?
0: Yeah, I mean, uh, uh, there is the project control side of things for which based mm-hmm. on the project scope, uh, You estimate the hours, prepare the schedule, and you start the hiring processes and and get your contractors to help you there. Um, It's executing the basic of of project planning. Um, Most of us project professionals can do that easily, kind of. They've done it so many times. To me, the more challenging part of this process is ensuring that your project becomes the project of choice, creating a progressive organization with vibes in which people want to be part of. and that the hearsay wants them to join Um, and that holds for for all that's going to work Um, you you need to have that that positive vibe uh, of your project that that will help you uh, wanting people to work for you and and if you're innovative and you apply all the the, the, the tools that are are available these days, you know, everybody wants to do a good job, so why don't you allow them to have um, uh, the basics in order so that they can do, that helps you so much
1: Yeah, creating, uh, I really like that, Charling. you know, they're paid to be there, but you want their hearts and minds, you know, with the scarcity of experienced resources, with all these mega projects going on, you want to make sure the culture is right, so people want to be on the project and stay in the project and not chase 50 cents, a dollar, an hour, whatever it might be, so thank you for that point. Charling, please comment on your second point there, the, the power of a clear and simple success statement.
0: Yeah, so so there there are multiple parties involved, many of them in doing these big projects, uh, and it is a, it is essential for all to know what success means and what we are all working towards. Um, so so let us I, I I make the analogy with the horse. So let's pull the horse in the same directions toward the destination we all know. Uh, and to me, on projects, success is always about safety, quality, cost, and schedule. Uh, make sure. Where you know where you are going and make it known to all working on the job, and and then feedback regularly how the project has progressed in relation to its ultimate success, and 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 you can be very clear. It can be very simple. It can be very short, and yet you can cover those 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 elements um, and, and and describe your destiny. And if you if you publicize that. Then everybody on the project knows 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 where we're heading, and that helps so much in the alignment of the parties involved.
1: Who I really like that. Keep it simple. The importance of having a clear and compelling success statement. So, how do you do that? Do you do? You, how often do you review it? Do you post it everywhere around the project? Like, how do you keep it regularly fresh and reviewed?
0: Well, generally, uh, you you have to you have to report to your internal stakeholders say say one, one, once a month or so mm-hmm. uh, and we use the same reporting to also do the communications with the bigger project team uh, whether the contractors or, or whoever was involved the, the the site where you do the work and, and you have to adapt the, the report uh, that you send to your internal stakeholder or the slide deck you need for that i mean that's clear there, there is some some confidential information that that you have to let leave out but but we use that as the basis for the wider communications and we used to invite all team members uh, for a breakfast I mean that always helps for the attendance right in the various locations where people worked, because we had people working all over the place but uh, and uh, uh, and people could uh, could dial in through to Skype and and um, and and we had that communication communication every every month and we would, even the project leaders made sure that they were present in, in the various offices as well on a rotational basis. So um, we made sure that we were in India. It was a significant uh, amount of work was done, sure. um, uh, and, and, and people could see and you could do uh, the communication face to face. So, so for both owners and contractor team members, uh, we would all call in at the same time and, and listen to the same
1: information. Yeah get aligned get on the same page okay thank you let's right. move to yeah. your third point there on uh, empowered contractors yeah contractors are important and, and
0: its content should keep uh, and, and its content should keep owners and contractors out of trouble um, I, 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 I don't believe you can cover all elements of the of the work in writing you still want yes. to tap into all the knowledge and experience that that our contractors have. They are maneuvering in, in a different field of competencies than, than the owners do. Um, and 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 I ask my contractors to be full partners. I ask them to speak up and get involved. I ask them to correct me when I'm wrong and, and let us discuss and let me listen to them and, and hear about their involvement. Uh, I think we should be equal partners on the job, despite that, you know, I kind of pay their bills and that often puts me on a on a certain stand, which is not, is not right. I mean, they need to be empowered. They have that the knowledge of, of, of specific fields of, of the industry, and we have to tap into that. We have to use those in particular for those big projects.
1: Yes, full partners. I love this one. Couldn't agree more. Um, any examples you'd like to share on how you listened to the contractors uh, and, and really treated them as full partners?
0: Yeah, I, I remember on the last project uh, when I was the director of um, – we were struggling uh, with some very local unstable ground mechanics in an area where we had to expand a, a rail track uh, okay. and, and and we we knew and we were stabilizing the soil but you know all we applied disappeared in a deep black hole down into the earth uh we had we had geotechnical specialists coming from our central know-how pool and but but all our, our all their solutions as well kept disappearing in the hole so so what do you do i mean we, we got nervous uh and then one finally one of the uh contractors executing the work uh was consulted or, or better said he spoke up and and intervened um he he saw us struggling and says hey man i know the solution and and the guy spoke up and, and based on his hands and uh, hands-on experience and his local knowledge he suggested a methodology that worked and allowed us to stabilize the soil and enabled us to complete the job in time. I mean, it was lovely to see how he, with his practical knowledge, kind of overruled all those those, those geotechnical engineers and what we had there. He, he knew the solution and, and, and that's what I mean. We, we have to listen. We have to pair up.
1: Well, and if there wouldn't have been an atmosphere of trust or listening, they might not have uh, got, that idea might not have got to the top. So, I love what we're talking about here because it is such common sense principles but it's not always common practice and hmm. uh, I love that you and the team are practicing these principles that are written up in textbooks and case studies but real life examples of where it's working so thank you Charlie let's move to uh, number four your key success factor number four project alliances
0: yeah to me an alliance is a commitment between parties
1: kind of, to work together in, in a collaborative
0: manner uh, and when we know what our common success is uh, and we are all empowered, we have a foundation to collaborate and build trust because trust is essential among all the alliance partners. And and an alliance should even go to, a, to, to the extent that when we do better than what we have described as success,
1: we, we might even share benefits among all partners. Oh, uh, I, I think want... that's essential. Yeah, I wanna hear more about that, but talk more about trust and collaboration. How do you build it? How do you do that? I know that's a very big topic, and some pi- some people think you know it's difficult to describe. Can you give us some examples?
0: Yeah, I think, and 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 first of all, as owners, or basically as as every partner in in, in an alliance, you have, you have to dare to expose yourself, and and that mm-hmm. takes some guts. Some guts. But there are or some 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 other principles there. I think to build trust or to establish to establish a culture of trust. We need to treat each other with respect uh, and and do that in an authentic manner. Um, uh, and and again, that holds for for, for 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 everybody on the project, whether it's the laborers or whether it's the the, the, the vice presidents. You know, uh, have respect for each other and be authentic. We need to be competent. You know, you can't trust anybody who's uh, who's not competent in in his role. Uh, and and that's what we need to be. in. And and we have to deliver in a reliable fashion at all times. If we're not competent, if we're not reliable, we never get trust. Uh, and and again, that, that that holds for everybody all the time, um, uh, because it's not it's not easy to trust an individual uh, or an organisation for that matter that is either incompetent or or, or or unreliable. And and whether it's 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 the owner. I mean, if I, I tell somebody I'm going to comment uh, a document and I say it's going to be returned in 10 days, yeah. then i better do it. Uh, and if I say I'm going to give him a certain specification uh, because it's holding up his work, and I, I say I, I give it in, in a week, I'll, i will better do it. And if I don't do it, I expect the receiver of that document to knock on my door and say, hey, you made me you made me a promise, pal. And, yeah. and if you don't follow up, you don't get to trust It is again it is not complicated it is that simple the difficulty is to to keep doing that for so many years so many years also when some something goes goes wrong i mean don't look for to blame somebody but look how we can get out of there and and with the end in mind again i think that's so important
1: oh man there's nuggets everywhere there charling thank you i mean i love that Mm. idea that basic trust building is just honoring your commitments even if you're the boss or the you know the 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 owner over the contractors meet your commitments and build the trust that way. And then the beginning of your comment there about being vulnerable and being open. Uh, there's lots of authors. Brené Brown out of the University of Houston talks a lot about that in her TED talks about being more vulnerable. That builds trust. That builds openness. So oh, great stuff, Chelling. Thank you. Uh, you also you. mentioned in this Project Alliance key success factor about sometimes sharing the benefits. Can you how much can you tell me about that? Can you share examples of sharing the benefits? Do you do it around milestones, quality? What kind of incentives do you recommend? Is it each milestone given incentive? It is at the end of the project. What's your suggestions on best practice in this area?
0: Yeah, so what I believe in is, is that you link um, uh, kind of the incentives to to, 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 the, to the success statement. Uh, make it make it uh, make a very clear success statement and it all has to do again on 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 on. first of all safety and quality but safety and quality needs to be right anyhow yeah so the more moving target in success is is, is the pro is the schedule and the cost and w- when it's clear on what the success of your project means an owner could share the additional benefits of the project if if it does better than than we said, um, so so I worked in a setup that a that a project cost underrun, and or a, a fixed project cost that we didn't spend because of the schedule underrun would be shared with our contract part, contractor partner. So it's, it's it's kind of self-folding. When when we underrun the schedule, we don't have to uh, uh, um, uh, spend a lot of fixed cost. Uh, or, or, or um, uh, uh, project cost, and, and, and we can share that with, uh, with, with with those who helped us. Yes. Um, and it's important to understand that the owner project success is linked to the to the total project cost and schedule duration for a fully producing plant, because that's ultimately what we want. We, we, we are not interested in mechanical complete, no, we want the unit to process a product and to deliver. Uh, that's important, and if we can do it cheaper, Hey, we could we could share some of the underrunning cost with uh, with with our partners. Um, uh, as I say, but ultimately, uh, and there's so many different parties involved, the one depends on the other. Yeah. Uh, and uh, and unfortunately if if if, if you're uh, an engineering contractor that delivers um, um, mechanical uh, uh, mechanical completion in time, but but the startup uh, um, uh, organization, uh, doesn't make one, doesn't make their promises, then then we are still as a project haven't 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 won. So there's a dependency in all the the alliance partners, and I think that's that's very strong because at the same time, um, you you all are interested in the end result and you all help each other to get there at at a given point in time. And um, yeah, if you then do better, then then there should make be sure some
1: it. some money on the table. Yeah, yeah, very Simple good. As that. Yeah, talk about creating aligned interests, shared goals. Okay, Charlie, let's go to key success factor number five, care for people and develop a team charter.
0: Yeah, a a crucial element in building a a culture in which projects can be executed effectively is is, is the care for people. Uh, And and care for people is is an attitude, but but it also comes with hardcore investment to underpin your care. care. Uh, Think about... um, and especially in, in in the states, think about the state-of-the-art luncheon facilities where people mm-hmm. can consume their luncheon in, in an air-conditioned, hard-walled facilities. We we bought yep. a facility like that in order to house all the peoples and and treat them with decency, yeah. Yeah, where people could prepare their food and lock up all their belongings, uh, and install communication tools of your of your safety me- for your safety messages. We had about I don't know what 40 TVs hanging there, so we could constantly. Okay. Communicate with them and, and, and just play the news or, 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 or air a local sports program for all to see yeah. uh, when, when during lunch periods, for example, and, and keep the laborers informed about the project status and listen to them seriously and follow up if there's some things that they think you can improve. Uh, work, work hard, work hard again to become the project of choice among the workforce to reduce workers turnover without paying per diems. And I've seen it happen. I've really seen it happen. Um, our our figures were were remarkably well and I'm sure some some went away they because they could earn more somewhere else but 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 really taking care of the people and having the facilities rights also parking things and people don't have to travel too much too far to the job site if you really get that in order that helps you a lot to become the project of choice and get a more stable workforce who 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 is more productive at the same time as well so uh, despite you have to invest some in careful
1: people, yep. um, it, it comes back to you it, uh, um, a number of times. Yeah, the small things make a big difference for comforts and to build that culture of trust that you've been talking about. Thank you. Thank you for those very tangible examples. So let's go to your last topic, uh, one of my favorite, uh, building a culture of CI and innovation. How do you do that?
0: yeah I mean th- th- there's a lot happening these days with respect to innovations on tools and methods and and how to execute projects in the in the last couple of years. there's so many conferences and whatnot um, um, and 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 of course the most probably the most famous is the advanced work planning and yeah. other digital tools that owner need to drive to uh, need to drive these owner uh, uh, the innovations and and contractors shall follow close to say to stay competitive. that's generally what I see we as owners have to drive and the contractors shall have a have an, a mentality to be willing to work with those um we, we, we all we um, you can't you can't afford to do your next project the same as as your last project right uh, because things are developing so so fast uh, we all need to stay competitive um and and and, and just the other week uh, i celebrated the official handover of the project that we completed um, um, uh, was using the most innovative tools of the four years ago and, and even you, Rick helped us in in, in in the work methodology there as well uh-huh. but the project team has as an interesting thing is we, we like to to copy the concept that we are in so the project team most of the owner individuals but also the contractors uh, that 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 uh, the construction contractor and the uh, EPC EP contractor they kind of said hey we, we we're going to do this again they stuck together okay uh, and 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 so they're working on the next mega project together at the same site so hey we've done it well once why not do it, uh, do, yeah. it do it again so good uh, but it was very very exciting to hear about all the additional digital tools tools they, they are planning to use to become even more productive so they 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 made a they made a considerable step up, and I was so happy to hear these things, uh, because innovation will not stop, and project teams should have an an attitude to continue innovating, whilst even executing the project. So much happens in a lifetime of a project that you should have a curious mind and see what else can 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 help you. And the interesting thing is, an alliance is an excellent platform to consider these innovations among all partners and 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 discuss the the potential benefits, because you all have to do with those uh, those elements. And if you have a culture of trust, you have that alliance. You you have that platform to 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 discuss whether it's new tools, whether it's um, uh, work processes uh, that you want to help, whether it's consultants that that, that, that that are going to help you. If you have that that that, that platform, you have so such a a, a beautiful start in
1: in, in innovating. Yeah, yeah, and that continuity of the relationship you talked about of on the last project and, and now they're continually to work improve their work processes and then also adding the digitization and automation that that's very powerful. Okay, let's uh, getting near the end of our time here, Charlie. Let's talk about leadership. What tell me what are your thoughts on the core leadership skills necessary to complete a successful mega capital project? I mean, everybody talks about being decisive or is it consensus driven? Is it being open or how would you describe leadership skills necessary to drive a successful mega?
0: Yeah. So I believe leaders must empower the individual team players to be most effective as an individual. Uh, and at the same time coach them to be effective in a team mm-hmm. and 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 that goes even up one step further because you will have so many organizations working in parallel on those mega projects so that you have to create um, 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 a most effective empowered organizations uh dealing at at at, at the chunks of, of the project so you need to be empowered and you need to get the most of um, of, of 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 the teams uh, pick, pick up the ball and and, and and again. If I say team, I say joint teams. I say I say owners, contractors, suppliers,
1: mm-hmm.
0: uh, uh, the individuals who who start up the plant. You really need to be be a team and an empowered team to be effective, um, uh, because uh, oversight uh, uh, is is difficult enough uh, for those big projects. Uh, and you have to pick up the ball when when, when whoever erroneously drops it you know you, you have to stand for your team uh, the team to me uh, is, is is a collaborative system which involves contractors and their organizations the owner and their internal line-of-sight organization as well as outside stakeholders you really have to take care that you become one team uh, the team players should be be a mix of experienced and younger more dynamic professionals I, I, I like people who, who kind of sometimes have to be held back because they're so dynamic and sometimes run into a, a blind alley. You know, let them do that. It's better than to kick them in gear and have to push them forward. So, And it needs to be a mix of, of, of both experience but also also d- dynamics. Uh, and, the, and the professionalism of, of, of all needs to be respected. And all competence shall be allowed to contribute to the end result. It's so important to make it a joint effort. I believe it all thrives best in a culture of trust. Which need to be earned and maintained, of course, but by all parties. Uh, yeah. I think that's that's to me is, is is important
1: these days. Thanks for your additions on talking about your insights on team makeup and that balance between experienced and new, and and uh, uh, that's a powerful insight as well. But your your three thoughts on leadership around empowerment, collaboration, and trust have been uh, in all of your examples today, and I really appreciate your. You're both seeing that in practice uh, with you and your teams and uh, illustrating that for our audience today. So um, as we wrap up, Charling, anything else around uh, continuous improvement leadership that you want to close with? Yeah,
0: just let me wrap up what I've said before yeah. in, in, in a couple of sentences, uh, Rick. Uh, when the bigger collaborative project team uh, succeeds in establish, establishing a, a culture of trust and, and they together chase clear and simple simply describe success. Inherently, a drive for continuous improvement is being created, in my mind. Uh, a solid alliance is, is a great platform for continuous improvement initiative, as I said. And mega projects will take anywhere from five to 10 years, and, and, and people will be changed out. Uh, and these days, work processes and tools develop much more rapidly than, than, than the, the project delivery dynamics. Uh, this this makes that there is a constant need for continuous improvement to not only improve the the project performance but also to st- and, and stay competitive but also to keep up with all developments during the realization of the project that are helpful during the project execution so i believe that you you can't do without a strong continuous improvement drive on on mega projects
1: yeah thank you for that uh, great insight uh, charling i really appreciate your time today and and I know you're traveling and overseas, and I uh, really appreciate you making the time to share some of your best practices and insights around Megas, and and uh, I thank you very much for your time. Uh, this has been another CI for Life podcast with Rick Hyland with RLG International. You can find us on iTunes or Google Podcasts as Continuous Improvement for Life. That's continuous improvement spelled out, the number four, life. Uh, With any comments, questions, or outbursts, email me directly at rickh at rlginternational.com. I'm looking forward to you sharing your learnings, success stories, or thoughts about the podcast today. And until next time, from Cholling and I, live a life of sustainable, continuous improvement. Goodbye.